Well, please turn with, uh, with me in our Bibles this evening uh, to the book of Exodus. And uh, we're reading in Exodus chapter 20. This evening we're focusing in on verse 12, uh, but we'll read uh, the opening verses as well. Exodus chapter 20, and beginning our reading at verse 1. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, or serve them, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. I remember uh, uh, years ago someone telling me that uh, they had read a shirt with a slogan or a message on it. We live in a, a day and an age when people message uh, and communicate uh, even with the clothes that they wear. And this one individual was wearing a shirt where it said respect uh, is something that is earned, not given. Uh, respect is something that is earned, not given. Uh, in other words, if you want respect, you have to do something to earn my respect. But I'm not going to respect you uh, apart from doing something in the first place. Uh, and as you think about that, how, how do we think about respect? Do we respect people uh, as they are? Or do we only respect people uh, who have attained to a certain standard that meets our satisfaction? This evening we're looking at this fifth commandment, and it is a commandment about honoring our parents. But the word honor is not one that is as commonly used in our our culture as in other cultures. Uh, What do we mean uh, when we speak about honor? Honor has been defined and described as uh, to have a respect or to have a high estimation of others through our words and through our actions. And so this commandment is really about respect. Uh, It is about having a high estimation of others. But you notice that as we come to this commandment this evening, uh, it is simply given as a statement. We are to honor them uh, for their positions. 
We are to honor them for the calling that they have, and we are to treat them in a certain way accordingly. And as we come to look at this commandment this evening, we want to see that because God has placed people in positions of authority over us, we are to honor them according to that calling. We want to look at this commandment uh, in verse 12 in three thoughts. We want to think about honor that is demanded. Then we want to think about honor as something that is disregarded. And then finally, honor is something that is demonstrated. But as we're looking at this, we really want to zone in on that first point. We want to think about what is this commandment all about? Uh, What does it mean uh, to honor our father and our mother? The word honor, uh, if we go to the scriptures, the literal word uh, behind this word honor uh, is a word that has the, uh, the notion of weightiness, of heaviness. Uh, it's the same word that is translated as glory, uh, the glory of God, the heaviness, the weightiness of God. But here that word is being used with reference to how we respect and how we treat uh, other people, namely Uh, parents. But we we can uh, resonate with that language, uh, and we do resonate with that language even uh, in our own day-to-day living. Uh, Maybe you've had a conversation with someone at some point. uh, When you came away from that conversation, you think to yourself, that was a weighty conversation. Uh, As you think about it, it it was heavy stuff that you were talking about. And if you have that mindset, if you have that Uh, reflection, Uh, you're really saying what we were talking about was really important stuff. Uh, It it was important stuff about issues that really mattered. Uh, And so there's a certain seriousness uh, or weightiness uh, to the matters that were being discussed between you. And here, uh, as we think about that idea, it is the idea that when we treat other people, this is a weighty thing. Uh, It is serious how we relate with others, uh, that it is to be done with great respect. But as we come to this commandment, just uh, as we come to it, there's a couple of things that stand out uh, even by way of introduction. The first is uh, the relevance of this commandment. This is a commandment that is relevant uh, for all all of us because every one of us came into this world as a child. Uh, Every one of us comes into this world uh, in the context of being connected. Uh, We are not isolated uh, uh, individuals that are disconnected from others, but that we have been brought into this world by way of connection. And this commandment here is reminding us of something that speaks to all of our life, uh, that we are children who have parents. And it's reminding us something of the importance of the family. That the family is the basic building blocks of society. And if we want to think about the integrity or the well-being of a society, we begin by thinking about the integrity of the family. Because the family has a place for the upbuilding and the nurture and the well-being of all people. So this is a commandment uh, that has relevance uh, as we have all been brought into this world as children. We are all uh, people that are connected one with another. And it is through the family that we learn respect for every other kind of authority. Where do we learn the idea of authority from? 
except from the structures of those that are over us and caring for us. They treat us and teach us what it means to respect. So there's the relevance of this commandment. But then there's something else that is uh, noteworthy as well as we come to this commandment. It is the fact that what is stressed in verse 12 is, is that we are to honor your father and your mother. Sometimes there is a caricature about the people of faith, uh, about the Bible even, uh, that people who follow the scriptures or the people of God in the old covenant uh, were a people in a culture that promoted the domination of women, that women were put down and devalued, and that really the religion is something that plays up uh, the power of man. But you only have to turn to this commandment here uh, to see that, that whole notion being challenged and even dispelled. Because this commandment here highlights that honor is to be given both to father and to mother. Uh, that it is the same honor that is to be given to father and to mother. That it is the integrity of the family uh, is based on the fact that both parents are being honored. And so this is not uh, something in which only the father is to be uh, respected, but rather it is the integrity of the family uh, that brings forth both a firmness uh, and a well-being to society being promoted. But then as we come to this commandment, what does it actually mean to honor someone? We already said the definition of honor in our dictionaries would be to esteem someone uh, by way of words and actions. So when we talk about esteeming someone, uh, we are recognizing their place. Uh, we have a high view of them. To, to have a high view of someone, uh, it means that a child recognizes the position uh, of their parent uh, that they carry, and it esteems their parent because in God's providence they have been placed over them. It means that they will treat their parents as important and deserving of respect. You turn in the scriptures and you read about Joseph. Joseph becomes the prince of Egypt. And yet, when Joseph is reunited with his father, who's an old man by this point, we're told that Joseph, the prince of Egypt, bows to his father, as if his father was the prince of Egypt. You see, although Joseph had... Uh, climbed the ladder uh, in a social sense, that he was in a high position in society. Nevertheless, he didn't ignore or forget who his father was. He continued to have a high view of his father. Or you can turn, for instance, to King Solomon. He's the leader of Israel. He's the highest man in the land. And yet it tells us that when his mother came to him, that he rose from his throne and he went uh, and bowed to her. Again, these are just expressions, but they're expressions that reveal an estimation, the, the value that they place on their parents, that they did not denigrate or put down their parents as a burden or as uh, unimportant, but just the opposite that they held them up as something important and to be uh, cherished. So it means uh, to have a high estimation. But in the case of young children, uh, this high estimation would also mean uh, taking into consideration their instruction, their counsel, uh, their, uh, their teaching. It would mean that children in the home would uh, obey their commands. 
In Colossians chapter 3, it says, children, obey your parents in all things. Um, that as parents who are uh, embracing the faith of the scriptures and living in keeping with God's word, they are to be instruments of God that children are to be uh, blessed by. That their uh, children are to listen to their parents uh, and acknowledge their authority uh, and so be blessed as a result. This obedience will be characterized by a willingness to listen to their, ins their instruction. Proverbs says, hear my son your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching. You see there, both father and mother are inputting their love into the, uh, the lives of their children. Both father and mother are nurturing and trying to build up their children in the ways of the Lord. Uh, they are being taught how they are to go. Just as we've been singing in Psalm 34, come gather around children and I will teach you, I will instruct you in the way that you should go. Uh, this is the expectation of the parent and children are to recognize that that their parents are a gift from God to bless them as a guide in the ways of God. And so children should not roll their eyes or groan when their parents are seeking to lovingly instruct them and to teach them in the ways of the Lord. A child's reverence for their parent uh, should be demonstrated ultimately in their, their willingness to see their authority, to see their, their counsel as an aid in giving them wisdom. As, as a gift of God's grace uh, to protect them. And so you young people, as you think about what this commandment is saying, do you, do you honor your father and your mother? Do you recognize that your father and mother are seeking to guide you in God's truth and that you are coming under their authority, uh, seeking to be blessed by their efforts and by their tokens of love? Or do we find ourselves uh, dragging our feet when they, when they give us instruction? Do we find ourselves ignoring them when they say something? When our parents have to confront us about a certain pattern that is manifesting itself in our life, or when they, they see some attitude that is characterizing our life, and they speak into our situation, do we get defensive and push back? How do we act towards our parents as they seek to go about uh, their, their calling? Do we honor our parents? Uh, when we don't honor our parents, Thomas Watson says, uh, then we are not honoring God. And he means by that is, is that God has placed them over us. And so if they are counseling us in God's truth, how can we say we're honoring God? when we want nothing to do with those who are seeking to minister God's grace to us and to direct us uh, in God's truth. So this commandment is about recognizing God's order. It's about honoring God's ways. God has caused it to be that we come into this world to be nurtured and to be guided by those who would express their love into our life parents and families that are seeking to build us up in the faith and we are called to see God's order and to live under that live under that umbrella so that we might prosper 
and it will bring forth obedience, uh, especially if we are living under that authority. The commandment goes on to say, uh, as Paul himself highlights, uh, a promise that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This is not something that we should take as an automatic promise, that every person who honors their parents is guaranteed a long life. It's rather a, an expression, a Hebrew uh, phrase, to capture the idea of enjoying the abundance of God's blessing. That there are many reasons, many providences, as one person has said, that determine the length of a person's life. It's not as though if someone lives only a few years or days that they are guilty of breaking this commandment. There is lots of factors that go into why a person's life is cut short or why a person's life is extended. But what this commandment is talking about is the blessings of God. A child is under the care of a parent and as the child lives under that care and instruction, the parent is teaching them in the ways of God's blessing, of God's life. As the writer, uh, as uh, the Proverbs themselves highlight it, in the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. So this is really what the, the commandment is highlighting. There's, there's a motive here given to us, uh, an encouragement uh, to see God's purposes behind uh, giving us parents in this world. So children have a high calling. They are to live recognizing God's order, that they might grow in wisdom, that they might grow in the knowledge of God, that they might be able to appreciate God's order and to submit to their parents. But parents too then have a high calling. Uh, not only are parents not to provoke their children, as Paul warns, not to unnecessarily uh, agitate them with their inconsistency, with their uh, double standards, or with their hypocrisy. But more than that, parents have a high calling in what they're actually called to do. They're called to teach. They're called to uh, be an, a model. They're called to, to correct. They're called to pray. Parents are called to teach that when they rise up and when they uh, lie down, they are, when they go by the wayside, when they walk, they are to be teaching their young ones in God's truth. They are to be a guide in the way of the Lord. Deuteronomy tells us uh, that uh, these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. Parents are the God-ordained means of teaching their children how to serve the Lord. And so if children do not respect their parents, then they don't learn these lessons. Parents have a high calling. It's to the parents that there is to be this instruction in God's ways. And recognizing that, children are to have a sense of reverence for the calling of parents. And parents are to have a sense of humility of the great responsibility given to them. Secondly, they are to model. A parent is to model to their children how to live, how God's word shapes them. A parent is to exemplify what repentance looks like, what it looks like to be corrected themselves, to have that humility of being teachable themselves. A parent themselves is to show forth the, the, 
desire to walk in God's ways, to show how they come under the authority of God's word themselves. They are to be a model uh, so that their children can see the way forward and walk in those footsteps. Because the opposite is children are watching. And if they're watching a lifestyle that is leading them away, then it has a negative influence. Thomas Boston, uh, a pastor uh, from a previous century, uh, makes this point. He says that he that sins before a child sins twice, for he may expect that his sin shall be acted over again. Parents have a high calling because they're setting a standard and showing others that this is the way to live. And so as we think about this ordering of the way that God has created us, he's given families in order to nurture young ones in God's truth, that parents would teach, that parents would model, that parents would correct. There will be times when a parent has to speak into a situation to be able to highlight something that is uh, wayward, something that is problematic, something that is concerning in their child's life. And they do that not because they want to be confrontational, but because they want to lovingly draw them uh, uh, to the Lord's ways. They will not always be appreciated for their uh, instruction, and yet their aim is to draw them uh, 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 in God's path. Their correction, though, must not be any uh, more severe than the offense demands. And so parents here have this challenge of, of wanting to minister to their children and to highlight something, to correct them, while at the same time recognizing that They can do it in the wrong way. They can be too severe. They can be not uh, clear enough that they are called to make known to them the truth uh, and to do so with grace. And then finally, they are to be praying for their children, for their children, with their children, uh, that they would ultimately be blessed by God, knowing that it is ultimately God's work in their life. A parent is uh, called Uh, to model even this dependence on God as well. So what is this commandment teaching us? God has an ordering of all things and that we're to respect that. That he has a principle upon which he will cause people to flourish as they humble themselves under God's ways. This principle then uh, has been extended Uh, And even as we read there in Ephesians, Paul himself took that principle and said, this principle of submitting to those in positions of authority extends outward. This commandment then is not simply talking about biological parents and their children. It applies to those in positions of authority in the civil sphere. So we are called to submit to those who are uh, in positions of authority, to our governing authorities. The Apostle Peter would say that we are to honor the emperor. But it doesn't just apply to the civil sphere. It applies to the church as well. That's why Paul writes uh, that those who rule among you in the church are to be given double honor. We're to honor those in positions of authority in the church, recognizing the calling that they have, the responsibility that they have to give order that there might be a prosperity for the people of God. And more than this, Peter goes even further and says, we're to honor everyone. We're to honor everyone, not those who earn it, 
We're to honor people because they're in a position of dignity. They are made in the image of God. They are those who bear the image of God. And we're to respect that calling that God has placed on them to be ones who reflect God's glory, to be worshipers of God themselves. And so this commandment uh, extends in all sorts of directions. But even as we think about this, if we go back to thinking about uh, the natural family, we said this commandment has relevance for us uh, because we all come into this world as children. And even when we grow up and we're no longer living under the authority of our parents, this commandment still has an abiding relevance. Not that we have to come and do whatever our parents say when we're adults, but in the sense that they still are to be given our highest estimation. They are still to be given respect because of their calling. Online blogger Tim Challies mentions several ways in which we can honor our parents, even when we are adults ourselves. One way in which you can honor your parents, even as an adult, is by forgiving them. You respect them by extending them grace and forgiveness, recognizing that their faults do not disqualify or cancel their, their calling, their position. Another way in which we can honor our parents is by speaking well of them, being careful about how we do speak about our father and our mother, that we have a high estimation of the calling that was given to them, and so we are uh, not belittling them uh, in our, our speech. We can include them and seek their wisdom. Even when we don't agree or go along with their counsel, we can still honor them by seeing their place and their uh, involvement in our life and in sharing our life with them. We are still honoring our parents. And then finally, uh, we can honor them by providing for them. John Frame makes a helpful point here. He says, obedience is one form of honor. But as parents become older, the emphasis of scripture shifts from obedience to financial support. Jesus tells the Pharisees that they have violated the fifth commandment when they used a religious pretext. They failed to support their parents. And Paul, when dealing with the needs of widows in the church, tells the children and the grandchildren to meet those needs. So we see there is many ways in which this idea of having a high estimation of one's parents can be expressed even when we're no longer children. We still honor those whom God has placed over us in his providence for our betterment and for the structuring and the welfare of individuals. And the family is one example of that. Well, this is uh, what the commandment is teaching us, uh, to esteem and to respect uh, God's order. But this commandment is something that uh, we see disregarded or broken. Uh, the commandment gives us this promise, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. This commandment is couched in uh, the historical context. It had special meaning for the people of Israel. They're coming into the land of promise. And here they're being told if they obey their father and their mother, they will enjoy uh, the, the land of promise, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. But we know that the people of Israel didn't remain in the land of promise, that ultimately they were sent into exile. 
And the reason for that was their sin. And one of their sins that Israel is rebuked for is the violation of this commandment. The prophet Ezekiel said, Father and mother are treated with contempt in you. The sojourner suffers extortion in your midst. The fatherless and the widow are wronged in you. And I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries, and I will consume your uncleanness out of you. The prophet Micah said the same thing. That, that Israel broke down this respect of God's ordering of things. That they did not respect those who were entrusted with caring for them. But instead they pushed back in rebellion, thinking of themselves instead. The Apostle Paul explains that this is not just Israel's problem. This is a heart problem of human nature. People will be lovers of selves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. As Paul is describing our age, Paul links this idea of lovers of self and disobedient to one's parents. What is it that causes this pushback and this rebellion against authority? It's ultimately a, a preoccupation with one's own entitlement, a focus on oneself, and a ne negligence of God's order. And so uh, it, it goes beyond just simply, well, you don't know my parents. We can respect those in positions over us while not condoning, while not embracing everything they do. We can still hold a high estimation because it's respecting God's order in his providence. We're seeing God's ways behind it, and we're living in submission to what God has decreed. That's, that's the, the pathway of faith. And so rather than being preoccupied with our own wishes, our living as uh, disconnected from others or apart from God's ordering of things, we should humbly uh, acknowledge God's ways are best. So there's a bentness on ourselves. But this commandment, as it says there, was uh, wrapped up in a promise. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. One of the principles we highlighted as we came to this commandment, the, the Ten Commandments, was is that we can look at these commandments as revealing something about God, something about ourselves. They instruct us in the way to go, but they also in, include a promise, something that will be fulfilled ultimately, that God's purpose will be realized and his order will be appreciated. And you see that even in this commandment. Ultimately, the, this promise is fulfilled in the Lord Jesus himself. That Jesus himself honored his own father and his own mother uh, in his earthly ministry. Not only was Jesus without sin in terms of obeying his earthly, and, uh, earthly father and mother, uh, but he also lived with a keen awareness of the sin of his, and faults of his parents. Yet he submitted to his parents as a child, and he honored his mother before he died. We see a perfect example of Jesus submitting to the ordering of God in his earthly ministry. 
But ultimately, it is as the Son of God that he honors his heavenly Father by obeying his will to save sinners. That's how Jesus spoke during his earthly ministry. I came not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. It is, it is my will, it is my bread to do the will of my heavenly Father. Uh, Jesus submitted to God's order. And the fruit of that was the abundance of life. Jesus came to bring the promise of not just long life, but eternal life to all who believe in him. And so this commandment finds a great uh, fulfillment uh, in the life of the Lord Jesus. He honored uh, his earthly uh, parents, but he honored ultimately his heavenly father. And the fruit of that is salvation. But also, Jesus honors sinners. Jesus comes into this world and to those who have lost their position of honor, those who have ruined their own place of glory. Jesus comes to restore that position and to restore their honor. Jesus comes into this world to save sinners by laying down his life for them, by giving them of his spirit, by adopting them, receiving them uh, into the family of God, by calling them his brothers. He holds sinners in high esteem and graciously redeems them by being obedient. And so he secures eternal life for them. Not only does he honor his heavenly father, but he honors sinners by making them into his brothers, by bringing them into the family of God. They are crowned with a glorious honor, salvation. Not because they earned it, but because they belong to him. That God's grace was manifested in their life. And now they live trusting in Christ as a result. Those who recognize their own sin, those who are convicted of their own shortcomings, but also of God's salvation, will respond by honoring God's order. Honor is to be given to whom honor is owed. We will respect those in positions over us because we see God's hand in it. We respect their position despite their failings. The believer wants to honor God's order. That's an act of faith. And so the believer begins to see this come to fruition in their life. We honor God because he has authority over all things. We honor our Savior, the Lord Jesus, who redeemed us from our sins. We honor others who are in positions of being in the family of God. We honor all people because they are endowed with the image of God. And so we begin to treat people not on the basis of what they have accomplished. What have you done for me? Have you satisfied my expectations? But you begin to start treating people on the basis of who they are. That you honor their position. And when we understand rightly that we are created as those who are to belong as servants of God, then we can honor them despite their failings. So this commandment has implications in all sorts of ways. It's not just about the civil sphere or about the church, or even about the family. It's about honoring God's order. Do we see this world as just chaos? Or do we see that God, who has created all things, establishes and designs structure to it, 
The family is a good thing. Not the ultimate thing. But it is God's gift in order to bring blessing in people's lives. As we live under that wisdom, we can be blessed and enriched. We look at other people and we see them as God has ordered it. So that we might all be blessed uh, as we live in faith. Do we honor God's order? Are we living by faith? Or are we living with a focus on ourselves? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do pray uh, that as we think through these commandments, uh, that we would see uh, both uh, the breadth of them, but also the depth of them. We pray, Lord, that we would see in ourselves uh, our uh, inclination uh, to resist um, authority, uh, to resist uh, seeing order or being bound by uh, ties or relationships. Help us, Lord, to realize that under your will, these things are for our good. And help us, Lord, ultimately to see these things through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came into this world uh, to honor the will of his uh, Father. And we thank you that he came into this world ultimately to restore the honor that we have lost through sin. Go before us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.